Hi, I'm Jasper Pattenden at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. Hopefully there'll be some breaking news again this week. I really enjoyed the breaking news last week. Don't don't ask. It will come back if you ask for it. <laughs> I'll find something. There's a Black Beauty started. <laughs> Not yet. Not a current reference, admittedly. Uh, thank you so much for having us on. Lots to discuss this week. Of course, since we last uh, spoke, a couple of things have happened. There was a family day at Adams Park. That was good, it wasn't was it? excellent. John Gorman was there. He's excellent. He's excellent. And uh, also, other people were there as well, with their families. Uh, also, Rob Kuick was in attendance. He was. He's always great. He said, and I quote, I think you'll hear him say it a bit later on as well, he had two and a half days where he didn't have anything on, so he came over. Fair enough. He's a very busy man. He is. He's a very busy man. Uh, we'll Hasn't him. started wearing, or does he? No, I don't think he was. He's not wearing his sort of cowboy hat yet. Oh. Don't know if the weather's not right for, right for that yet. Mm. Something to watch out for. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, also coming up in the next hour, we'll hear from Phil. We've got our match briefing, uh, looking ahead to the lengthy trip to Fleetwood, which is coming up. And... <laughs> which is happening right now. <laughs> yes. Good evening if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, special hello to the manager. who You suggested having on, us on in his car, didn't you? Might be, yeah. They might be listening in the coach. They're on the way to Fleetwood now. It's unlikely. It's, well, you never know. They'll, 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 be, they'll be doing games Cards at this in the Wicked Wonder Show. What more do you want on a Thursday evening? They'll be, you know, name the seven Davids that won the Premier League. That, <laughs> that's, that's very true. That'll probably be happening now. Uh, we'll hear from Phil, as I say, and uh, get the thoughts of the manager after that uh, hard-to-take uh, result at Fratton Park on Tuesday. Uh, perhaps you were there, or perhaps you're listening to the commentary on the evening as well. If you've uh, if you turned off after about 97 minutes, uh, you'll... <laughs> You all thought it had a point. Uh, but very disappointed with what, what uh, the outcome was there. And we'll get the thoughts of the manager after that game and also hear from him as well as we look ahead to the game on Saturday up at Fleetwood. Still not wholly sure where it is, but I know it's a long way away. Uh, we'll also catch up with Gareth McCleary as well, who uh, spoke to pre-match drills. We'll give you uh, an excerpt of that. We'll speak to former striker Gary Thompson from his car. Ooh. There'll be a guest appearance from a lorry as well, with it just doing a very interesting manoeuvre at the same time. Uh, talking of strikers, someone who's changed from centre-back to centre-forward is Wiccan Wanderers women's Amy Leach. Uh, we'll hear from her on how she's uh, coming to terms with her new position and also reflect on the brilliant FA Cup win on Sunday as well against Ascot. Uh, also, there's something else, isn't there? No. I think that's, that's it. it. That's You're done. Well done. Thank you. Uh, all that and uh, no more to come in the next hour as well. Uh, but first... Uh, here's Phil with uh, a reflection on, um, well, apart from anything, Tuesday night and uh, obviously, as we say, a difficult result to take. Yeah, it's the worst way to lose a game of football. Uh, 98th minute uh, obviously gives you an incredibly small amount of time to try and get the leveller, um, but also so deflating after what had largely been a, a very positive performance. You know, first half was classic Wickham away, um, got the lead. Um, second half, I think we always knew that the tide would turn in terms of like the, the dominant areas. Um but looking at the key stats, um, you know, in terms of shots on target and, and stuff, obviously Pompey had huge amounts of possession, but there wasn't really much in it in terms of shots on goal. I don't recall Max having to make a huge amount of saves at all across the 90 minutes. Um, but you have to give credit to Pompey in terms of their spirit because they were had their sleeves rolled up the whole time for their manager. And you can see why they're top of the table. And equally, um, you know, I can see why the goal was given as well. Um, with all the benefits of the different angles and the slow-mo and the, the, the still photos, it looks to be a foul, a clear foul. Um, but the referee doesn't get that in game speed. Um, he was well positioned looking at the replay. Um, but, he, you know, he gave the goal and, you know, with 17,000 Pompey fans going crazy, uh, it would have taken an incredibly, incredibly strong referee not to give that. Um, and, but there we are. But I'd rather that, to be honest, than VAR. Um, I'm anti-VAR. Um, so um, I just firmly believe as an optimist that we're going to get a bit of luck 
uh, and, and hopefully it starts Saturday. After the game, obviously it was a very, um, I suppose, angry and dejected in in the rawness of it. Uh, Matt Bloomfield, after the final whistle, uh, we spoke to him in quite difficult circumstances. Extreme heartbreak um, to concede in the manner that we did. Um, we were very angry. Um, I was so proud of the performance that the boys put in tonight. Um, I felt like we still carried a threat, even in the second half when um, maybe you expected Portsmouth to be in the ascendancy, and they were at times, but we saw that out. Um, yeah, really disappointed with the concede the goal at the end and, and really frustrated for the supporters who, who come and give us their backing, for the players who put so much in, for the staff who prepare for games like that. But unfortunately for the second away game in a row, um, the decisions are going against us and, and it doesn't feel fair. You feel that was an unjust goal in injury time? Absolutely. It's a foul on the goalkeeper. The, the, the corner gets put in the box. Maxi goes to catch it. Um, and it's a clear foul on him the, the defender from the opposition jumps into him takes his arm away so he can't catch the ball um, doesn't make any contact with the ball so it's just um, extremely frustrating I, it's hard to put it into words I'm, I'm angry I'm disappointed I'm frustrated but I'm also proud of the, the, the players um, for the second time in a row we've gone to an away ground and, and put on a display um, maybe not as free-flowing as what we were at Charlton second half two weeks ago but um, I'm extremely proud of, of what they're doing at the moment and, and they should be proud of themselves it was a very different display from that from Adams Park on Saturday, but you knew that coming into this game, and so much to be proud of, uh, especially in that second half performance. Yeah, we challenged the boys before the game, and they've challenged themselves. We knew that we were coming up against a very good Portsmouth team, and, and we and we knew the respect we had to pay them. But um, you know, we, we we're confident in what we're building, and we're confident in the players we've got, and we're proud of what we've got in our in our changing room. We know we've got some good players in there. We know we've got a good team that's developing in a good squad. So um, yeah, we were looking forward to this game. We really wanted to to come here and show our best selves and to a degree I thought we, we did that at times tonight um, we could have obviously been better in ourselves and we have to look at that first and foremost we can't hide behind just um, decisions but when something so so big and so um, so unjust goes against you at the end it, it, it's hard to see past that at this moment in time and 10 games in uh, able to, to announce a, an unchanged team as well from Saturday as well yeah, I felt like um, you know it's it's always a tough one to balance out when you've got a busy three-game week. Um, but the way the the players played on Saturday, um, especially in the first half against eleven men, we were really proud of what they did and the cohesion between that group. We felt that they deserved to go again on a on a Tuesday night to to build themselves uh, into another performance. So um, yeah, it was nice to be able to do that ten games in, um, and we'll have to look at the bodies counting the count their heads on before the weekend see what knocks we've picked up and make sure we, we pick ourselves up because we've now got an opportunity to, to go to Fleetwood we want to we want to go and get some points um, we have to take our medicine as we always do and, and make sure we move on very quickly because is that just part of the game really as you say you know the errors are going to be made or you know interpretations of the rules might be slightly different look I mean again I'm, I'm not sure if I'm in the minority here but you know I think if you try and eradicate human error out of out of anything it's almost impossible um, you know the, the Liverpool Tottenham game has proven that. Um, even with all the technology and all these systems in place, they've still mucked it up. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes, you know, you've got to accept it that that referees are going to make mistakes, or they might call it differently just to how you see it yourself. Um, but that's the beauty of the game, I think. And I think over a season, it will it will even itself out. And again, maybe I'm a hopeless optimist, but. Um, look, football is the most important of all the non-important things in life. Um, and, you know, it's what we all talk about. It's what we all love to do. And the injustice of it is part of the beauty of it, I'm afraid. It's a great metaphor for life, football. 
And I think, you know, we should probably be looking, as Matt said on the night, and as he said again today, um, you know, it's about what they can do, but what they can control. That's all they need to worry about. And the non-controllables will look after themselves. And these do feel like great talking points, don't they? If you feel if the game was too, you know, clinical, it would be a bit sort of almost dull. Yes. You know, I think maybe the Premier League will probably go down to the uh, the scientific nth degree and, and maybe they'll take the the beauty of it out. Which, you know, let's, let's be self-indulgent here and think, fantastic, let them bore themselves to death and they can all come down to League One and remember what the good old days were like. So looking ahead to the, the trip to Fleetwood, uh, emphasis, I guess, on the trip as well, due to the, 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 how far it is, and, and, and they, they've undergone some changes themselves recently. Yeah, this seems to be a bit of a pattern for Wickham. There's been two managerial changes in League One, um, but Charlton and at Fleetwood, and we're, we're approaching these games with the new manager bounce full in tow, I think. With, I think Lee Johnson's come in and, and picked up a draw and, and two wins. Um, and they only, I think, had one point from their first six games before they fired Scott Brown. So uh, momentum is in their in their favour. It's always a tough place to go with the wind up there as well. Um, but I think Wickham's performances on the road this season have been excellent. Um, we've lost the last two, and in different circumstances, we could have quite easily taken a couple of points or maybe even more from those games. Um, so we go up there in good spirits in terms of the, the, the manner of the performances. Had we been tonked at Charlton and Pompey, then it's obviously different. But like I say, the performances have been good. Um, and Fleetwood, um, yeah, we've had some rare old battles up there down the years. We've got some good memories there uh, as well. So, yeah, I think it should be a good game. Um, Lee Johnson's a decent manager. He's, I think he's early 40s, but I think he's managed over 500 games in his career, which is fantastic for him. So he's going to have his head screwed on. He'll know what, what to expect on Saturday. Um, and we'll see see what happens. Hopefully it'll be a really good game and the conditions don't ruin it. And we'll hear more from the manager later on in the show as well. But does it feel like, you know, the result aside from Tuesday, that the team is still in really good form at the moment? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, in terms of the start that we made, it's been very well documented. We don't have to mention that. But recent results have been really, really positive. Um, you know, apart from the two away defeats, but around it, it's been interspersed with wins. So um, I think ninth in the table after 10 games is, um, I think, really positive. Um, We've got a game in hand over many above us. Um, We've got some tough running fixtures coming up. But I think, you know, we're well positioned at this stage of the season. Um, And we're not alone in that. A lot of teams will be looking at this and thinking, right, this this could be it. This could be our season to get in the top six. Um, But we've got the know-how of of doing it. Matt's just clocked up a year in management, which I think is an important milestone. And, and you know, we're seeing week on week the development and the, and the improvements being made um, and the style really coming to the surface. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really positive place to be. You had some great uh, uh, luck, if that's the right word, with, uh, with co-commentators recently as well. Look, you know, players getting injured is obviously bad news for the team on the pitch. But, um, again, being selfish, uh, I've been very fortunate. You know, we've had... Um, uh, Jason uh, McCarthy's in the mix he's, he's very good on comms uh, Joe Jacobson's done a couple of games and has been excellent he's for his first two games of us uh, Jack Grimm has been very popular with the listeners uh, he's been excellent uh, and when Gareth McCleary was rotated out for the EFL trophy game he made his debut and was very good so albeit it's always you know it's, it's, it's often bad news for a player that they're available for co-coms but um, I have to thank Nick Freeman for this really because uh, Nick was the first player in all my years of doing this to actually ask me and volunteered to do it when he had a long-term injury. And uh, it kind of revolutionised his relationship with the fans because he was quite a quiet guy. 
um, but became incredibly popular. I think a lot of the other players have seen that and thought, well, this is perhaps a good way of um, of kind of spending match days because all of the players who've done it have always said the same thing. It's really difficult to watch and not being able to you know, affect what's going on on the pitch. And the commentary is just a really good way to kind of keep busy during a match day and, and also contribute to the club as well because the fans love it when the players are on. Um, they give insight, not just into what's going on the pitch, but just into life in general of, of being a, a footballer here at Wickham Wanderers. So, you know, which contributes to the club positively as well. So, um, and I enjoy it too. Um, you know, it's good to have someone who can see the game a lot differently to me. And really another highlight when a, a summariser's relative gets in touch during the game as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I can only encourage those to keep doing that, you know. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I hope Jack settled into his new home. Um, obviously, he hasn't done too much of the heavy lifting, if any, of, of that on, on his move. But, yeah, we love that, you know. So uh, if anyone's listening and has got any gold on our co-coms, then don't be shy. I will include it. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the trip on, on Saturday. I certainly will. Great to have Phil on the show. Of course, as always, you can hear more from him uh, next week. Uh, really great uh, next t- time uh, Jack Grimmer features in uh, in uh, summarising as well alongside him. It'll be fantastic to hear how he, he gets he's getting on with his with his moving. Apparently lots of boxes, but going well. That does happen with moving. It does, it? yeah, yeah. Apparently moving house is the most stressful thing you can do. I've not done it, so I can't can't no. comment. No comments. Just no further <laughs> comments, Your Honour. <laughs> Great interview. No comment. Uh, just a reminder as well, you can hear the uh, full chat with uh, Matt uh, Bloomfield on Wanderers TV as well. And Phil will be uh, commentating, of course, uh, from Fleetwood, which is uh, a long way away. And also, of course, is the home of Fisherman's Friend, uh, we learnt yeah. today. And also Sid Little has, has had or has a pub there. Both. <laughs> Has had a problem there. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was uh, Phil speaking to us earlier today at the training ground, uh, speaking to us earlier this week, uh, Saturday to be precise, at the Family Fun Day. Owner and Chairman Rob Cooey caught up with Rob outside the grounds to uh, talk about a number of things, including uh, the latest from uh, his relationship with the Trust. I see my friend Nigel Kingston is here. He represents and, and, and works for the Trust, well, is the Trust uh, in many ways. He and I have been working on a plan uh, that that ultimately will create a very good succession uh, in terms of ownership, opportunities for more investment in the club, make the club more self-sustaining in the long run. And there were a few little dots and dashes I wanted to put on. Plus, I love watching the team live. I watched him on TV last week. Phil let me down. He should have stormed the field when it was 2-1, and he didn't. Uh, it must be frustrating watching it from Louisiana when you're not here, though, right? It's, it is. It's a different thing to come it, over. It's a different thing. Well, look at it. When you go out here, and look, uh, and most people don't know this about me. I wasn't a soccer fan or football fan before we bought the club. Yeah. To this day, the only games I've ever seen are teams I own. Uh, well, there you go. Literally. There you go. But I'm an event guy. I love events. And yes. this is an event well, we for need to parents talk about. and kids and stuff like that. I mean, we did this last year. This year, I think you've got at least double the amount of people. And what you yeah. didn't—I don't know how how early you got down here today. Um, last year, it started to get busy around two. You know, right. they, to, they were here from twelve today. Not, you know, it was really busy. This is a great family day. Isn't well, it? and they added some real attractions with the. Uh, with the easy chairs or the lawn chairs and the and the surfing. And have you the, been like, on the surf thing yet? Have you, have, I, have you had a go? I'm on an artificial <laughs> hip, brother. What are you trying to do to me? We could have another one if you want to. <laughs> we'll get a pair of them. It's going to be fine. 
Uh, so you were saying that you and the trust you're doing some some exciting stuff for the uh, for the club. What can we expect? What's new? Because you always well, give us something when you come here. We always manage to squeeze something out. I, I, I think it, I don't know if anybody would call it exciting, except Nigel and I. We no longer have to battle each other every day. Well, that's, <laughs> a, no, that's a good thing, right? And we are united in a in a ability to go forward with sustained. Uh, capitalization of the club, get some of our major objectives in terms of build out of uh, the, the stands and the like. Uh, make sure that Matt's got the, the people he needs yeah. to play with. Uh, that we continue, you know, what we're proudest of is when you look at our exposure to this club since we came in in June of 2019, uh, it's been the greatest five year period in the club's history in terms of yeah. where it ranks. In, uh, in the leagues, and so we want to continue that. I mean, you look around here today, you must be proud of this, Rob. I am. I am. Look, I, but I give all the credit to, to where it's due. I think Neil and his staff do a great job, the young people on the staff. What makes the place different, though, is I'm walking around and I see Jacobson and Grimmer, who aren't playing today, yeah. and they don't have to do this, but they're wandering around, they're signing autographs, they're being nice to the, to the clients, or excuse me, the uh, fan base, yeah. uh, and and they're really part of it. Yeah. And you look at, at all of the players. I spent a lot of time yesterday. Yesterday was Friday. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday <laughs> at, at the uh, at the training grounds, and to a person, and this is what I've dealt with professional athletes my whole adult life. This is the nicest, most adult group of people I've ever met. Yeah. And, and it feels it as well. I mean, uh, there is something very special. Yep. There is something very special. It's very hard to bottle it. I don't think you, can, you can't just build a culture, but there is something here which is just quite magical, it's, really. It's little things. When you walk in, and it's not because I'm the owner, because I watch when other people. People look you in the eye. They shake your hand. They thank you for coming. They ask you how you're doing, not like how you're doing. It's like, how are things really going for you? Yeah, they really care. And, and they care, and they like that with each other. Yeah, and you can pick up on it. And look, to be candid, this year is different than any other year for the players because there's much more internal competition. These only eleven people get on that pitch at any one time. There's only sixteen of them who really are on the squad for every week, and you yeah. you understand that. And yeah. you can see some of them; they're all happy for each other. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> we were saying we were saying last week actually. Um, lots of changes this year. We've got new faces. It feels feels like it's Matt's team now, and yes. it's, it's like um, you know that's largely through the investment, through the through the support that you've given as well. But actually, uh, it really feels like you know we've moved on. Things are you know. I mean, we didn't have such a good Saturday last week. You know, but, you know, you always get an up and right. down. But we had a good run before that. It feels like it's coming together. Do you see it like that as yeah, well? Yeah, very much. Matt has grown infinitely. I, I'm, I'm not surprised because when Pete and I set on this course about this time last year when we forced him to go to Colchester, yeah. <laughs> whining and crying, I don't want to leave, Rob hates me, yeah. no, no, yeah. you got to go. Uh, and But we knew that he had the potential and he has surpassed everything. He, you know what it is? He's a guy with a great deal of personal discipline. Yeah, He really approaches it like a job. He knows how to get the guys the most out of them. But he's, but he can be pretty cold. Yeah, you know, he'll look over and say, "Look, doesn't make the cut." But he's personally invested in the club as well. I mean, his his background, his personal investment, right? He's yeah, he's got Wickham Wickham Wonders running he, through he, his veins. He so really does. What a good shot! I mean, actually, when uh, yeah. when we heard that Matt was coming back, we went, "Oh, that's a genius yeah. decision, right?"
Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it feels like from a fan's perspective and, you know, from where we are, it feels like we're really getting, it's really going in the right direction. It really season, is. Yeah. And it wouldn't be me appearing without telling you how much Wickham Sound means to us. This new show that Phil's doing on yeah. Tuesday nights, I think, is going to take off. Uh, we, they, it was great this week. I think in Luke Leahy, you found another guy like me, a little shy, but willing to come on. <laughs> couple of Luke's mentioned there. Uh, I would like to apologise to Rob Kuhig for completely ignoring his comment about me. Um, I was busily wondering where to film next. Ah. Sorry, Rob. He was concerned you wouldn't make the cut. Well, yeah. I can't tell you what his, um, he, what the welcome I got from him on Thursday was. All right. It's not nine o'clock yet. Okay. But it was very funny. Nice. Mm. Perhaps make the cut meant as a sort of in your editing work. Possibly he's done he's done very well and I missed all of it. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, more on the Wickham Wonder Show here at Wickham Sound online on Radio Player and on one hundred six point six FM. This is Wickham Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK. Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk. Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wiccan Wanderer Show, Wiccan Wanderer's women's former centre-back and now centre-forward Amy Leach, uh, Gareth McCleary, who I don't think's changed position, and uh, Matt Bloomfield, who's changed position from um, player to captain to coach and now manager. It's a different position. Uh, more on that uh, coming up between now and the end of the show. But first, with uh, big thanks to the Wiccan Wanderer's ex-players association, we've been speaking to someone who... Uh, Tottenham have been in the news this week. That dates rather badly as a... That's a podcast thing. But uh, someone who scored against Spurs and uh, is very well known for it. It's a goal I've seen uh, recently again. Uh, Gary Thompson, who uh, now is up in Kendall and has been reflecting on, among other things, his uh, first ever uh, move to the south after uh, playing for uh, many clubs in the north uh, prior to arriving at Adams Park. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of something, obviously, in the dark about it, really. I'd moved from uh, from the Lake District over to... The kind of Leeds area when I moved to when I moved to Scunthorpe and, and you know lately when I played at Bradford and then at Notts County. So um, yeah, it was a decision I made. It was purely a football-based one. You know, I knew I knew Paul Hayes uh, from a time at Scunthorpe, and I just thought, why not? Why not go in? You know, give it a, give it a go. I was I was offered a two-year contract. Um, probably wouldn't have made the move if it was only a one-year contract. But you know, after I'd met uh, the manager uh, Gareth and spoke to Paul and I knew it was a kind of no-brainer really and why not go and experience it for a couple of years it was only a couple of years so I might as well go and experience it and then um, go, and, go and live my life down there for a couple of years but yeah I really enjoyed it really, really enjoyed the area where I lived uh, which was over towards sort of Brentwood area towards where Paul lived um, but I spent quite a lot of time in in Wickham when I, where I lived some of the time with, with Sam Wood so yeah just enjoyed the area and Love the different kind of culture and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So, what were your first impressions of your of your time at the club? First impressions, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a club that um, was was on was on the change and wanted to have a real good go. And and um, you know, I had a really good season 
uh, prior to signing with with Notts County. I mean, personally, it was a good season. I scored a few goals. And they said that they needed um, they needed a striker to come in the building with a bit of experience. And you know, my role wasn't just going to be on the pitch; it was off the pitch helping the young players come through. So um, you know, I'd always have one eye on on the coaching side of football as well. So I felt like it was a perfect opportunity for me to come and you know. Um, forge myself on that side of it, you know, the coaching side of it as well, and kind of help the younger lads who were coming through, and and uh, yeah, it was something I jumped to the chance when you know when I got that opportunity. Was that something that's almost as rewarding as scoring goals, really, to help others develop, and, and perhaps obviously people in your own position as well? Yeah, well, obviously being being um, being in 34 I was more experienced, and you know, I could help. You know, the likes of, when you look at the likes of, like, um, you know, uh, Aaron Holloway and Pierre and, and Anthony and all them kind of lads coming through. And what the manager did was he had the kind of generals in the changing rooms, which was myself, uh, Paul Hayes, Blooms, JJ, Woody. You know, we kind of, like, oversee the changing rooms a little bit. So you'd have a, a couple of boys that you would look after, you know, mine being that kind of Luke 9 and people like that who were, who were coming through. So... It was just more of a guidance thing more than anything else. You know, if people are in a bad game or, you know, a bad time, just kind of put your arm around them and, you know, tell them it wasn't too bad. And, you know, that was kind of the, the life of a footballer. You have a lot of, you have a, you know, a few highs and a lot of lows. So you, you need to be able to manage yourself to, to get through those, through, through those low points. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, that time and it's helped me forge myself as a coach now moving forward. And some of those senior members of the squad that you mentioned, that they're people that you're still in touch with today. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I congratulated Blooms, obviously, when, when he got the job. Um, he came up here with his uh, Colchester team when he was there and I helped set up. He trained at my uh, our training facility where I run my academy, so I managed to sort all out for him as well, which was good. So it's nice to catch up with him um, and keep in contact with you know with, with Woody and, and, uh, and JJ and Hazy. So, yeah, it's nice to keep in contact and see what them guys are doing now they've you know, especially here's in what he's kind of finished, but JJ and, and Woody are moving to sort of the last stages of their career. So yeah, it's nice to nice to keep in touch and and, and again have regular chats with them boys. And really nice to reflect with you on on that Spurs game and obviously the goal. And that must be something that's still still fresh in your memory. Yeah, well now now I can say now I've gone into the coaching side of it. We have a lot of kids who are who are Tottenham fans and and they come to us and you know come to me and say oh, I've seen your goal on YouTube and stuff and. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it's nice to have a standout moment, and it's nice to have something that you know the working fans can look back on and remember my time. I, I'd hate to feel that you know when I left any club, there wasn't a, a. I'd like to have a standout moment when I was at that club that the fans can look back on and, and feel proud of, and and you know none more so than that goal for me. And when I look back, you know, friends and family still go on about it now, although I do bring it up every now and then. Um, so it's uh, it's nice just to have to look back and yeah and have, have fond memories of that time it's nice to watch the goal again as well it's a great feeling and it must be a great feeling for yourself obviously but you, you do make it look very easy uh, I didn't look at make it look easy or I did you caught a little bit then it must <laughs> have been, um, I mean to be honest with you it was all about just trying to get in trying to get on the end of a, what was a, a great bit of play by, by Miles on the on the left wing but I think it kind of showed the mentality of us because I, I, from, you know Recollection is Luke or nine trying to get in the box. There's, there's uh, Sam Saunders trying to get in the box, and you know we're, we're kind of like although we were two 0 up and we've been pegged back, we, we were kind of of the opinion of, of like why not? You know why not try and go and try and win the game? And 
Westie done everything for me really, was just trying to get a good contact on it and luckily for me I managed to do that and it went in the back of the net and then you have a mad 30 seconds where you celebrate and I wanted to celebrate in front of the Wickham fans who've made the journey and yeah, it was just a, it was just a great time. Unfortunately, we went on to, to, to lose the game but in terms of um, you know giving the fans something to celebrate uh, at that moment was, was something special and something I look back on with you know really good fond memories. And a really great example, as you touched on the, the sort of generals in the dressing room, and it really felt like you know Gareth was building something special at that time uh, with the, with the culture at the club. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had his stamp on it, and it was it was very much um, a really good man manager in terms of he wanted the club, you know, the, the players um, to buy into the whole club. You know, it wasn't just about the football side of it. It was you know being an element of the, you know being part of the fans. Um, you know, wanted to make like it was a real family. I'd never been a, I'd never been at a club like that. Yeah, we had I've been in good changing rooms, but never ones where you know we dedicated so much time to off the field things. You know, like building strong relationships relationships off the pitch, which helped forge good relationships on the pitch, I suppose. And you know, and it it was really good. And he's obviously gone on and on to QPR. But I know the club. You know, went through a spell. They got promoted, and from where the club was when he when he kind of took over to to where he's left them, I think it's in a it's in a miles better place, and probably not no better managed to take over than Blooms because he bought into that as well, and he'll be putting his own marker down as as I'm sure he is doing, and and just carrying on them um, them great things that that Gareth and and Dobbo put in place. It really shows what a special club is uh, that, they, that there is there because you know Joe Jacobson obviously is the kind of longest-serving current player there. Matt Bloomfield was obviously there such a long time and uh, and as captain and, and coach and, and now as you say manager as well. And you could probably see that at the time as well in that dressing room with them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was it was definitely you know um, I'd like to say a family or family family orientated club in terms of you know it wasn't just about like I say we had such a good connection with the fans um, you know with ourselves. And like I say, off, off the pitch things that we did, the team building things we've done. I've done them probably in pre-season before, but never like, you know, throughout the season. You know, we obviously we went to we went to France and all them kind of things. But we carried it on and, and uh, it, was re- it was really, really good. And I think it did help. It absolutely did help. And, um, you know, like the young lads coming into the changing rooms and all that kind of stuff, it can be a little bit nervous and you want to try and make them feel as relaxed as you can. And I'm sure Blooms is, is carried on that trend uh, in his own managerial style because I know if I ever if I ever go on and look enough to become a manager, I know it's something that I'll take forward with me. And fans are interested to know what you're doing these days. Like you mentioned, your academy. It must be great, you know, working with youngsters and, and you're still playing as well. I am still playing. Yeah, I'm not as um, I'm not as quick as what I used to be, unfortunately. But I've kind of changed roles a little bit now. Yeah, I play as um, I play as a centre half, believe it or not. For our for our local team uh, with Corinthians, um, my friend and my business partner Sean, who have who have uh, got my academy with, uh, we took over the running of the club um, last year, and it was more out of necessity really because we um, we didn't have enough players, so I just kind of took up the role and um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's given me a fresh impetus um, to want to play and you know kind of get through um, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I've I've I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I still enjoy it now. Sorry, I'm just having to reverse. I just pulled up in there. Um, there's a lorry behind me, so I'm gonna have to move. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of given me, you know, an opportunity to keep fit, uh, build myself up for for the weekend, which is what it used to be like. You know, I've not played for four years up until um, sort of last year. So 
from that side of view, it gives me that kind of football fix again. But yeah, like you alluded to before, I've got my academy now, which has just turned five years old, um, which is based out of Kendall, uh, out of the Kendall Rugby Club. We've got a great facility there that we use. And uh, yeah, we're going from strength to strength, just giving, trying to give young kids opportunities. Um, and we've started our own ladies team as well. Uh, which is doing really well in, uh, in in their division that they're playing in at the moment, and hopefully next year we'll be able to play in the ladies FA Cup, which will be a great great achievement for us, uh, great achievement by them as a as a group to uh, to get promoted in our second season, and we won a little bit of silverware as well, which is you know as a as a an owner is 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 great to have. Uh, but the focus to begin with was just about the kids uh, and getting the kids opportunities um, at the local academies and, you know, kind of giving them that academy style football whilst learning with the grassroots team. And yeah, we've just grown and grown and grown and yeah, absolutely love it. Couldn't think of anything better to be doing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really good. Does that feel really kind of natural part of your process? Because you've had to go, you know, develop your career and now you're kind of giving back if you like as well. Yeah, I think so. I think when you've, I think when you, all you've kind of known, I've, you know, I've played football for a long time since I was, well, from a from a boy into into a man. But when you get into kind of the professional environment at sort of eighteen, nineteen, you know, it, it becomes everything that you know, and then you kind of just learn off different managers, and you kind of take little facets of everybody. And I just know that I played my best football when I was confident, uh, when I was happy, and I played with a smile on my face, and and that's what we try to do with our coaching. You know, we always try to have, an, uh, you know, an element of fun um, mixed in with the learning aspect. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it kind of shows in, in how, how much we've grown. We're, we've got about 450 kids that come now. Um, and like I said before, we've got our ladies team and we do soccer schools and I do some one-to-one training as well. So, yeah, it's it's just a natural progression for me, really, to, to move into that and um, something I feel comfortable with and I'd like to think uh, I'm, I'm quite good at, so... Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. And talking to developing youngsters, I understand a family that keeps you busy as well. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm expecting my first baby at Christmas, um, which will keep me on my toes, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, really excited and looking forward to that. Um, so uh, that baby's due on the 18th of December. Um, so, and then my girlfriend will then go, hopefully, go back into playing football. She was, um, she's the captain of our of our ladies team. So. Um, she's a bit, a little bit unhappy at the moment that she can't play, but obviously for good reasons. Um, so I'm sure once the baby comes, then she'll be able to get herself back playing again. So yeah, looking forward to that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully goes on and wants to be a footballer. Um, I don't know the, the sex of the baby yet, but whether it's a boy or girl, I know obviously the, the girls' football is so big at the moment. I'm hoping that she, you know, if it's a boy or a girl, they, they, go, they like the football and they, and they get into it and and they're going to have as many memories and good memories as what I did when I played. Well, sounds fantastic. Wish you all the luck with, uh, with your, your, your new son slash daughter uh, and great to chat to you. And thank you so much indeed for your time. Yeah, thank you very much, Colin. Take care. Pleasure to speak to Gary Thompson uh, in his car. You've probably worked that out already. Uh, somewhere in Kendall. Uh, tune in next week to find out how the lorry was doing that's uh, behind him. Uh, now uh, we swift, swiftly move our, our attention to Wickham Wanderers women. Uh, they had a fantastic win against Ascot in the Women's FA Cup on Sunday. have been drawn against Dartford in the next round. I've uh, been speaking to Amy Leach, who, uh, when we spoke to her in a previous season, was a centre-back. Now is a centre-forward. Here's how it came about. She's having a good season so far. Yeah, I mean, well, it's going great, thank you. I scored in the first two games. I've been assisting the goals in other games. But at the start, I had to be open-minded and it felt uncomfortable at first, as you can imagine, going from 
centre back to centre forward. You know, you lack that comfortable feeling you get when you line up in your usual spot. It requires a lot of adjustment, not always visually and technically, but sometimes physically and always mentally. It just felt strange at first because my brain had very limited mental maps of his new position. And I, well, not only had to think harder, but work a lot harder too. <laughs> so did you always imagine you'd be a defender? Wow, yeah. I had to expand my identity massively. You know, you, you get tunnel vision of who I thought I was as a player, like saying to myself, I'm a centre-back, but I had to stop limiting myself. Playing in a different position effectively starts from believing that you can do it, you know? And at first, laying into the new position, it hurt quite a bit. But I just had to trust what Carl was doing and trust the process and what he visioned. And whilst he couldn't just <laughs> sprinkle magic dust on me and make everything all right, and okay, straight away, I had to just keep working hard in pre-season. Because a lot, in the modern game, I guess, a lot of defenders, they go forward a lot more, don't they? But I guess you couldn't have imagined as a centre-back you'd be switching to be a centre-forward. No, of course not. Yeah, like you say, like sometimes you push on and it's great, but you're always having to get back and it's different to always staying on one side, well, one side of the pitch more than more than often. But I just had to also be prepared to get it wrong. You know, like when you play in a new position, you're likely to make mistakes and that has to be okay. But I've always been my worst critique as well. So at the start of the change, when I went on the pitch, whether that be at training or a match day, I had to tell myself, you know, it's okay to make a mistake. I don't know this position that well. So it may take a couple of incorrect decisions. But being decisive is the most important thing. So I then saw the change of position as a challenge. So I gave myself a, um, a chance to play in a more relaxed and confident manner rather than a tense and tight player. I just had to keep reminding myself of that, really and that this was the first season of being a centre-forward. But I love it, and I couldn't see myself anywhere else now. It's uh, strange to think that at the start of the season, I was slightly I, well, slightly angry at Carl, I'll be honest. But I think he saw this happening a long time before it actually happened. He just needed um, someone to slot into my position at the back before he could make the change. And now the girls are so solid at the back, and the whole dynamic of the team has changed for the better. It sounds like something you've really taken to as well. Yeah, yeah, I've really taken to it. I love it now. Uh, me and it's funny because me and Carl joke about it now and I always say to him after like I have a good performance you're right Carl after all <laughs> <laughs> and definitely I know when we spoke to you before as well you, you'd scored goals before and, and some quite good ones as well but uh, that had never sort of crossed your mind that you think oh perhaps I should be more more upfront. it's really strange you say that because like all ever since I started playing football since I was 10 years old I've always loved to be up the pitch and my, one of my biggest attributes to football is my pace and my strength. And I just loved, like, going for the ball. But, no, I don't know. I just, just never really crossed my mind to, to, yeah, be more up the pitch, I suppose. And do you find it gives you a bit more kind of freedom as well and then the sort of chances you're creating as well? Yeah, it sounds quite dark, but it does. I feel a lot more free. Because, like you said, you can, like, try and explore new things. Like, it being in defence, if you tried that, you know, you can concede a goal. But being at the top, this I know I've got, like, my other teammates behind me. That makes sense. So I can trust in them. But if I want to try and explore new things, then I feel like you're not in as much danger. And does it feel as well, perhaps, you've got a bit more responsibility too? Yeah. I mean, I was speaking to Katie Riddinson, which who plays alongside me. We have a great partnership. Um, and she was saying, Amy, it's, it really frustrates me. You know when people say at the start of the game to you, um, come on, Katie, two goals today, or a goal today? She's like, it, it actually is like quite daunting. Not daunting, but a lot of pressure. And um, <laughs> she was saying to me, it's so much pressure when people say that. I wish I just said nothing, and then I scored. <laughs> <laughs> it does, because I think it's, especially it's a position where you might kind of you know, set yourself targets as to how many goals you'd like in a season, especially from, from that, that position, as I say. 
yeah, of course. I mean, well, it would be great to try and score every single game, but I set myself a goal now. If I at least get a goal or an assist every game, then I mean, that's massive. But considering, like I said, it's my first season in that position. Obviously, we had pre-season. Pre-season was, is, was going great with the girls. And also welcoming our new signings who are amazing. Does it feel like everyone's really settled in now and you're kind of really gelling as a, as a group? Yeah, it does. However, the season didn't start great for us with a 4-1 loss to Ascot. Then we drew our next two games against Oxford City and Warminster. Um, to then beat Winchester 2-0 on our incredible win Sunday against Ascot in the FA Cup with another win. I feel like that automatically moulds us more into a team. You know, the tightness and the, um, yeah, just the overall feel of the, of the team. It's amazing. As you say, that must have been such a great feeling to, to win in that, in that cup game against the team who, you know, you'd already you know, lost to in the, in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a feeling Sunday was. It was amazing to finally find our feet as a solid team, having our full squad and working so hard for each other. Last season was tough on everyone, but with the support of all the girls and the coaching team and Carl, it feels like we've turned a new leap, not just as a team, but as a club. And it feels special, like the hardwood's paying off and I can't wait to see what magic we can create for the rest of the season. It sounds like you're really enjoying your, your new position as well. And I guess it won't be too long before you, know, you don't really think of it as your new position either. No, it's, it's, it's strange, you know, because um, I have to think to myself sometimes because I'm oh, like, just so like I, I get so excited. I feel like being a, a striker on a Sunday before your match, like in the changing rooms after the warm-up, you know, when you have your mental talk and you really get in the zone, I feel like being a striker, it's more exciting to play. I can't explain it, but yeah, it's very much... I don't know, you get this exhilarating feeling. It's Whereas when I was a defender, I suppose it's more like you're more uptight. Like I said before, I feel more free. So now every Sunday, it's more of like, more of an exciting feeling. I think as well, what's really nice, and you probably won't sort of think of it perhaps like this way yourself or, you know, even as it is you, but I think, you know, especially if young girls are watching and they, and they see that, you know, here's someone who used to be a defender and is now a striker, they think, oh, perhaps I could do that as well. No, yeah, of course. Um that's amazing. When you're going going back to talking about the young girls, we had a family day um, last Saturday and it was amazing. This young girl and her dad was there and they was asking about our fixtures and things and she came along on Sunday when we beat Ascot in the FA Cup and it was amazing to see her there and, you know, just getting involved in the family day and then obviously us girls being there and then she turned up to our game with her dad and it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was so nice. Is that something you've noticed, a real increase in the level of support? And I know you've had sort of brownies come and watch you play and, and train and, you know, the increase in, in support at home games as well. Yeah, um, 100%. I, it's, it's increased massively, as everyone's aware, especially from the Euros, the women um, winning that and doing amazingly in the World Cup. I feel like everyone's just so much more like the sport has brought women closer together in every way. And the brownies, bless them, coming to our training, they was asking us questions. <laughs> that was being interviewed and we were famous. It was amazing. <laughs> bless them. But no, yeah, 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 it's great. It's, it's just great. And I mean, you can only go high now, can't it? It must feel great for you personally and obviously the rest of the team as well, though, to be, to be sort of doing it at this time as well, on a sort of wave, if you like. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the most perfect time, I think. It's, it's amazing. I mean... It's like I'm speechless because when I was younger, it's just so different, and I can't believe it's like here and I'm here and seeing the growth in women's football. It's just amazing. And you must feel that the team is in really good form at the moment, especially going into to this weekend. Yeah, I mean the team is in very high spirits. 
training. Um, I got training tonight, training Tuesday. Everyone was just still buzzing and, yeah. And the hard work's finally paying off. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Tuesday evenings from 7. Hello, Phil here from Wickham Wanderers, host of Ringing the Blues, which you can listen to right here on Wickham Sound every Tuesday from 7 till 8. We'll have all the action from the game at the weekend, plus a whole host of players and guests associated with the club, plus our weekly feature, Till Death Us Do Part, where Wickham fans remember their favourite memories. Only on Wickham Sound, 7 till 8. Actually, scrap that. This week, we're on at 6 because of the EFL Trophy early kickoff at 7pm. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, we'll hear from the manager, Matt Bloomfield. But first, uh, speaking to pre-match drills and Phil, Gareth McCleary, with his shirt on. I could have a bit better in certain scenarios, but um, yeah, it's, it's been all right. I've played uh, the last few games and I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying um, playing at the moment and um, take out the loss on Tuesday but uh, apart from that yeah I'm enjoying it How do you keep doing it because we see the stats boards down in the in the gym <laughs> you're, you're always near the top of those for pace etc like that how do you keep doing it? Do you know what? I, I can't put my finger on it I'm not going to lie to you I don't know um, I keep myself in good shape in terms of uh, due diligence in the gym uh, diets good and the only other thing I can put it down to is genetics, so I will just say it's that, to be honest. <laughs> well, any tips, mate? I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah, I think those days are gone for me. Uh, he did have a game off uh, for the EFL Trophy, which meant he joined us up on the gantry. What was it like watching the game from up there? Uh, yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it's something that I do want to look at uh, going into in the, in the future. Um you made it a lot easier for me as well. Um, wow. Good company. Um, but, yeah, we played well against Palace. They had um, some standout performers. I think they had a, a performer that obviously played in the next game against United. Um, and I, I spoke to you about it as well. So. Yeah, you picked him out. You've obviously got an eye for these things. Yeah, yeah, I could see he, was, uh, he had some potential. But, yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. And um, I'm glad we got the win. Uh, Wickham now looking at a run of games away from home. So there's going to be a lot of travelling. Uh, what do you reckon uh, we got coming up? Fleetwood is a long trip, difficult place to go. Then week off, I think, in terms of the league, uh, yeah. away trip in the Football League trophy, but then it's Peterborough, Oxford. These are tough places to go. Yeah, we've got some, some very tough games. Fleetwood have, have picked up results um, recently, so we know it's going to be a tough game. It's a, it's a long old journey as well, but we know um, everyone has to make these trips and you have to switch on on a Saturday and and try and get that result. And in regards to Peterborough and Oxford, they're, they're teams that are challenging at the top of the league. And we know this, it's going to be tough, but um, yeah, we've, we've had these games so many times last season, season before, when we've done, done reasonably well in the league and um, we know what to expect and we're going into every game hoping to win. Uh, we asked the gaffer this earlier on, 10 games in, what do you make in League One? It's very different to last season, isn't it? It seems to be a lot more compact. Yeah, a lot, it is a lot more compact, um, but... Ever since I've been in League One, you can see that teams at the bottom can can obviously cause an upset and beat the teams at the top. So you always got to be wary of that. Um, there are a lot more teams that are are contending, um, 
So yes, it's, it is tougher uh, in terms of a lot more teams can potentially get into those playoff uh, spaces or uh, the automatic spots. But yeah, you, you always got to believe that you can be one of those teams that, that push promotion and that's my aim anyway. That's definitely something that I want to do and, and I think us as a team, we should, we should be um, vying for. We had it with Charlton when they fired their manager and we saw the new guy come in, Michael Appleton. We've now got this again with Fleetwood, with Lee Johnson replacing Scott Brown, who was fired. Throughout your career, have you ever experienced as a player a manager being fired? And if so, what does the changes happen in that team? Because we tend to call it the new manager bounce. Have you ever had to experience that? New manager bounce is, is right. Yeah, that's what we call it as well. Uh, you always do see it. It's a, it's a reaction. Um, they obviously want to impress the players as well because they, they know that it's a new manager, so potentially the there could be a a slate wiped in terms of if you weren't playing and now you're back involved. So we know it's going to be tough. Um, he's a good manager. I've played against his teams previously and um, we know it's going to be a tough game. But as long as we look after ourselves and, and focus on ourselves, I think we should, we should be looking to get a win. Don't forget you can hear more from Gareth McCleary speaking to Phil on Wanderers TV. Let's catch up with the manager now, though, and uh, look ahead to the game. But first, uh, his reflections on uh, Tuesday night's defeat, especially in the manner of that loss. I'm still proud of um, the way we performed. Um, still proud of um, what we're building. Um, still pleased with many aspects of our play. I actually thought we could have done done better in a few situations. But, um, yeah, really, really pleased. Just obviously... Um, Still a little bit sore from the way the game was taken away from us at the end. It should have been a very well-earned point, a very well-respected point. From listening to their management team after the game, they knew that they were in you know, uh, the end of the game. We actually came into the ascendancy and they, they said as such. So um, we knew we were in a good point and uh, a good spot. A point would have been very well-deserved and for it to be taken away in the, in the manner which it did. Um, still was um, fairly raw, but we have to move on quickly because we have a, a, a really important game coming up this weekend at Fleetwood. Is that what's especially pleasing? Because I know you spoke in your post-match comments about, as you say, the performance itself and as, following on from the, the Charlton game as well. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, I, I had to make a call yesterday to the PGMOL because I'm really disappointed about how the last two away games have gone for us in terms of, you know, should have had two penalties uh, at Charlton. The two offside decisions that were given against us that weren't offside that would have resulted in a one v one, then you know the, the most blatant foul of the night, the other night in the middle of the six yard box on, on Max that was not given. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem right, but you know there's lots of uh, officials' uh, decisions being under scrutiny at the moment. They're only human. I understand that we're all, you know, we're all only human. We all make plenty of mistakes in our lives. So it's just unfortunate when. Um, in football terms that it's resulting in, in, in points being taken away from us but um, we have to concentrate on the performances of, of which we have recently um, and uh, we've, been, we've been pleased with many aspects for us as a football club and as a management team as a, as, a, as a squad and as a club to move forward we have to concentrate on that because I do feel like there is some um, you know, hopeful moments of what we're trying to uh, our, our identity coming through we've had some good results recently and we want to make sure we, we keep building on that and do you get much feedback as a manager from officials? Do they say to you, or you know, the, the, our, our decisions are all fine, or, or do they say, oh yes, you've, you, you know, this is why this has happened? Or yeah, I think it depends on the on the individual. Um, I, I guess with anything in life, there's some individuals who are willing to to be more open, and some some who aren't. I think in the main, you know, I don't want to be a, a ref hater. I think that um, you know they do an amazing job. It's not easy to look at so many. I feel like. 
they have been under extra scrutiny this year because suddenly there's loads of extra rules thrown at them at the beginning of the season two weeks ago. Suddenly had loads more to think about. You know, we had loads of extra time, in, injury time at the start of the season and then that wasn't there for a couple of weeks. Then the other night we had another eight added on, ironically for most of it for an injury on Josh Scowen that um, should have resulted in a red card that they also unfortunately missed. So, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot put on the, the refs and the officials, um, especially now there's so many added extra rules and extra things for them to think about. They spend so long thinking about whether there's one or two stood up in the dugout and unfortunately there's some big decisions on the pitch being missed. And going back to the, the actual performance, do you kind of approach away games differently, perhaps now as a manager or in, even when you play? Do you, do you go into away games thinking oh, we need to do this slightly differently as if we're at home? Yeah, it's, I, th- I guess every game's taken on each in, on its merit. You know, um, Playing Fleetwood um, a few weeks ago would have been a different proposition to now because they've just you know hit some good form and new manager and um, so that that dynamic changes. Um, so you know every every game has to be taken on it on its individual merit. I think what we've done, um, even those two away performances recently, even though we've we've lost them both, is we've really imprinted ourselves on the game. Maybe less so the other night at Portsmouth. Um, but certainly at Charlton, we were able to do it. There were some elements of the game on, on Tuesday night we were pleased with, elements that we, we want to get better at, and we'll be working on that today and tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it's 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 probably taking every game on merit. We know Fleetwood have got some real good players. They've accumulated a good squad. They've now got a manager who knows the you know knows the level well. Scott Brown did a good job there, and unfortunately lost his job. And now Lee Johnson's come in, you know, a manager who's been around for a number of years now. He knows the level really, really well. So um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game for us. We have to make sure we're ready to go. And if you had to do extra sort of this week to actually sort of lift the team as the, you know, the way that you, you came away with nothing on Tuesday, um, I think the boys are in a good spot. Um, I don't think it's about you know any one individual. I don't like it when you know I'm I'm, I'm the manager and it's up my responsibility. But I feel like as a group, it's our you know group responsibility to to pick each other up. Um, you know, but after the game, we knew we deserved more than what we got. Same as Charlton. So if there's anyone who needs picking up, we'll, we'll certainly do that, and I'll certainly do that. But as a group, I think the boys know that the identity is improving all the time. I think they know that as a group, they're getting stronger all the time. It doesn't. You know, I've had so a lot of feedback, a lot of messages off both Charlton and Tuesday night about the performances, and and obviously, as I've said a number of times, I'm going to get judged on results, and and ultimately we need to we need to pick up points. Um, but you know, whilst we're still in the early stage of, of this team, you know, becoming uh, a group and a real strong group, we feel like we're making strides forward, and there's going to be games where you play well and maybe don't get the result, but ultimately we we want to win as many games as we can and pick up um, points um, sooner rather than later. And despite the defeat, in a strange way, does it still feel like you're in a good run of form? Yeah, because yeah, as we just said, we should be eight unbeaten. You know, at, at Charlton, um, you know, two penalties and offsides that you know that that should have resulted in more than it did, and the performance suggested it should have done. And and Portsmouth the other night, um, we've we've spoken about that, and I've been told that it was a wrong decision. So. Um, I don't think we're going to get a replay, as as managers are suggesting at the moment. But it, it is what it is. We have to keep a smile on our face and, and understand that we're making steps forward. I'm really proud of the way the boys are playing at the moment, and we have to retain that hunger and desire to keep improving. And we've got to make sure. You know, it's a busy week. You know, the trip to Portsmouth, interrupted sleep, long trip north. Um, there's lots that goes into a week like this, and we have to make sure that come three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, we're firing. And ten games into the League One season, if you look at the league table, or perhaps you don't, but does it feel like the teams are starting to sort of settle as to where they are? Um, yeah, I think that you know, obviously, in football, 
money speaks and I think you're you're seeing that the teams at the top of the league are, are the ones with the biggest budgets um, and the ones down the bottom are, are the ones with, with not so big budgets and, and the ones in the middle are all, all fighting it out and I think that's the way the, the league looks already. Um, you know, and I, I think history would suggest that that's usually a, a fairly good indicator. Um, so we have to concentrate on ourselves. You know, we are we are proud of the, the squad we built in the summer. We're proud of the way the boys are going about their work, and we have to make sure that we have our, our eyes firmly fixed on ourselves and, and our improvements. Because whilst there has been some steps forwards, we we certainly believe there's plenty more to come from this group, and um, we're ple- really pleased to be at the front and, and driving it forward. And, and we're proud of what they're doing so far. But we have to be, like I say, just have that real steely determination to keep improving because. You know, every game of football is really tough. We know we're in for a tough afternoon on Saturday, and we have to be at our best if we want to come away with anything. Fantastic to chat to the manager, and uh, obviously wish the team all the best on Saturday away at Fleetwood. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, Steve Ridge. Uh, it is good luck for that as well. Yes, early kickoff. Uh, yeah, ring the blues from six, not seven. Don't get confused. Tune in early or miss it. Uh, and then back here with us, uh, looking ahead to a game the following week, which is non. Same time. Toby Large on commentary on Saturday. On Tuesday, it's Brian Jeeves. Oh, sorry. Uh, Come on, you, please. Thank you very much for listening.